the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dear friends in Christ, oversharing. You know, in the real world, it, it seems to happen all the time. We call it TMI, too much information. Or perhaps even WTMI, way too much information. You know, you might not be familiar with the terms, but you undoubtedly know when it happens. It's the co-worker who wants to show you the rash on the back of his neck. You know, TMI. Or how about grandma who wants to uh, explain her issues with her indigestion and irregularity? What, WTMI. You know, fortunately, oversharing exists. And, but although it does, you know, most human beings have learned to keep their uncomfortable aspects of their lives, their personal lives, from others. You know, most of us have figured out that it's best to keep some things to ourselves in order to maintain our own dignity, to protect others from awkwardness. You know, we've learned how to avoid TMI. But that's in the real world. In the alternative universe that we call social media or social networking, There's a whole different set of rules that people use. Have you noticed that something that could be awkward to to share in person can often be the perfect status update on somebody's Facebook page or a 140-character tweet on Twitter? They might say, well, never eat leftover sushi for breakfast. I am so sick. LOL. Which means, for those who don't know that, laughing out loud. Typically, we'd say to that, TMI. But not in the world of social networking. In fact, that post that they put would probably make for a video blog on YouTube. Food poisoning caught on a video could become a viral sensation. Who knows? In person, oversharing is a no-no. But in the social network, it's a non-issue. You know, in 2010, uh, Chicago Tribune columnist Eric Zorn, he predicted that in the next 10 years, so by 2020, sharing silly details of one life in the form of status updates, Twitter feeds, and YouTube clips, he says would evolve into something even more transparent and self-centered. Zorn predicted that technology would allow something called life casting, a nearly nonstop streaming video of one's every moment. Imagine that. You know, if Zorn was correct, then the next big thing will be to literally share every second of one's existence with computers or cell phones around the globe. But guess what? It's happening even right now. Yeah, even April, the giraffe. She's got tons of viewers. You know, she's now a month overdue as far as her pregnancy goes. And people are just sitting watching this giraffe 
waiting to deliver a baby giraffe. You know, suppose for a moment, though, that the countless moments of Twitter feeds and Facebook updates have given way to a constant stream of data that you know, it's going to capture your every moment for people to see. Life casting or life streaming you know, is really a collection of who you are and what you do. Kevin Rose, the founder of Dig, and uh, that's Dig with two Gs, he talks at length about live streaming and the benefits of it, such as the opportunity to organize bits of information and your experience into a digital diary. Now, live streaming goes all the way back to actually Da Vinci, and he would collect all these documents and notes about his life, and he, he put them together as a collection. So this digital diary, it's going to start out with a scanning of your birth certificate. And then you have other things throughout. You know, uh, this uh, man, Kevin Rose, he says, I can see a world where eventually my children will look back at my live stream data and say, this is Kevin's story. This is where he was on his birthday 10 years ago. This was his favorite place to eat. He says, building that profile throughout your life and saving that information, I think it's huge. Well, let's pretend that all that you do is now seen and it's watched by others all around the world, perhaps. You know, what kind of person would the world see? And without knowing the difference between the secret you and the public you, you know, what might people really think of you? It might not be very pleasant. You know, most of us are used to being one person when we're in private, when there's no spouse, no children, no one at all. And, you know, we're perhaps a different person when we're in the presence of others. The private us is, you know, really private for a reason. You know, we, we say things, we, we do things, and we, we generally, you know, can even look at all sorts of things that we'd never attempt if we knew someone else was watching. Now, it's been said that the truest test of character is really not what you do under pressure. But your character is, that test is what you do when no one's looking. Most of us would probably agree. That's why people really get so excited when someone does something in a noble way without the pressure of looking eyes at them. It might be, you know, returning a wallet that you find. That's got a lot of cash in it, or today a lot of credit cards too. You, know, you did nothing with it, but you got it back to that person. Or can you even imagine you know, people returning to a mall store or a, a grocery store because you know, they undercharged you and you wanted to be fair? Well, if you ever doubt that such things you know, still happen in our society, you know, simply treat yourself to a search online you know, and news accounts that has the term Good Samaritan in that search engine. And spontaneous and intentional kindness, it does still exist today. But we know that if it's true that character is being tested by what's done in private, then what kind of character would the world discover if your every moment were broadcast? What about last week's business trip? Or last night's web surfing? Or today's text message that you sent out. 
You know, in Ephesians 5, the Apostle Paul, he presses us to be people of little or no surprises when it comes to our character. Paul doesn't demand perfection. He also knows and doesn't expect believers in Jesus to you know, not have any weaknesses in our lives. Paul simply urges us to be proactive in exposing the struggles so that we can be instead focusing on the light of day rather than hiding in the darkness of our dishonest living. You know, Paul says in the, the ESV, and these verses come from that version, the English Standard Version, he says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of the things that they do in secret. One could argue that Paul would not be completely opposed to the idea of broadcasting your life for the world to see. He's essentially urging Christians to live as if the the camera is always on. He definitely isn't saying that we should live in fear as if we're being watched over by Big Brother. No, he's telling us to live our lives firmly believing that the more that our struggles are exposed to the light, the light of God's word, the light of being accountable to other people, then the better off we'll be. You know, God's word it convicts us of sin. But it also re- re- reveals the truth. It reveals the truth of the depth of our sin, but also the height of God's grace. And now as brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, you know, we live in the light of God's word shining over us at all times. That's not TMI. That's needed information for us. It's precisely what we need to know. You know, Paul puts it this way. He says, for at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true. Previously in chapter 2, a very famous chapter that we know, you know, Paul writes, after he talks about us being saved by grace through faith in Christ, you know, he says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, you might be a little bit more familiar with the NIV version, you know, which says, you know, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You notice that emphasis on do. Well, the Greek verb, which is parapot, in Ephesians 2.10 is also the same verb that's used in 5.8. And Paul tells the Ephesians to walk as children of light. It's not a doing, it's a walking. And really, you know, the verb often is translated even to live, as we had in the NIV. Live as children of light. But it means to walk. And it describes a way of life, especially in the Greek. Therefore, the fruit of goodness... You know, it relates to the good works of those Ephesians for which they were created. God prepared for them good works to do in advance so that they might live and walk in them, even in their present life and ours. The reason that Paul ends verse 8 with the command is because although the, the lights are on, you know, we continually tempt to, we're tempted to hide in the dark. Martin Luther described that reality for us. He says that as God's people, 
we are at the same time righteous and sinful. We're saints and we're sinners. We're simultaneously living in the light of forgiveness, but at times, you know, longing to indulge in the, the dark side of our sin. But that's not good, you know, Paul says here. He says instead we're to walk, to walk as children of light. And that is, he tells us to step out of those shadows and into the shining, to cast our lives in terms of what we know that God has called us to do. So that the light of God and that word of God, it can really direct us in all that we do. Sin, sin loves secrecy. When we're secretly piling up debt without our spouse knowing it, or perhaps searching for things that we wouldn't want others to see on our mobile device or our computers. It's easy to convince ourselves that what we are doing is harmless. Or, you know, we even say, perhaps it's normal. Look at all the other people that do that. But if you pull that action out of the dark, and you shine God's word on it, you see it for what it is. And that's sin. Allow a good Christian to hold you accountable. You know, to give them license, him or her license, to ask you any question. And you'll see that what your actions are for what they really are. Having the light shine on us, that allows God's truth to reign over us. You know, in contrast, nothing good grows in the dark. You know, if you want something that is going to be healthy, it requires the sunlight or another type of light to grow and to change into something greater. Do you know what grows in the dark? Mold, fungus, moss. Not really good things. When major parts of our lives are, are shut up in the dark, you know, they're, they're hidden from the eyes of those who love us. And it's also, we try to hide it from the truth of God's word. And as a result, you know, we see no personal growth going on inside of us. There's no major change. And we really just stay stuck in ourselves. Well, the text continues. You know, Paul says, but when anything is exposed by the light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible is light. In other words, the light of God's word helps us to see things clearly. And once we see things clearly, we become more godly. But it all begins with dragging our junk out of the dark. You know, Lent is the perfect time for this. The purpose of this season is to to place our lives under that intense light of God's word, preparing our hearts and our minds for the gift of Good Friday. And we know what great a gift that is. It prepares us also for the joy of Easter. And that Easter morning when we once again sing the alleluias of praise to God. Now, if the idea of life casting makes you anxious or gives you some concerns, well then, it's a sign that confession might be something that's good for your soul right now during this Lenten season. You may want to drag some of that stuff that's out of of the dark by digging into God's word and being really honest with God's people. And above all, you know, as we remember who we are, 
We know that Jesus took it all. He took it all and he nailed it to the cross. God says, I love you so much. I love you so much that I will give my son's death on the cross in place of what you deserved yourself. Jesus, who is the true light of the world, he's the one who gives us new life. As forgiven children of God, to walk with him each day until we share in that eternal life, an unending light of eternal life to come. You know, the thing about living with a divided self or a, a shadow of ourself, you know, at some point, whether we like it or not, what we've done in the dark doesn't always stay in the dark. Not even in Las Vegas. What's done in the dark is exposed. Jesus himself offers a warning in in Luke chapter 8. He says, nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Ultimate, everything about a person will be made known. Now, if you don't believe it, just ask the latest religious leaders caught in a scandal. Ask the latest cyclists caught doping, such as Tour de France champion Alberto Contador. Talk to the latest politicians or celebrities whose indiscretions become front-page news, like former New York governor Elliot Spitzer, Tiger Woods, Mark Sanford, and others. Now, sure, those are big names, and you know, those are big sins. But this stuff happens to little names and to little sins, too. If not today, then perhaps tomorrow the truth will come out. But even if we're able to hold that in our whole life, you know, someday the truth will come out. Jesus says so himself. So which will it be? Will we do that hard work of confession right now? Or will we wait till later? To face that hard truth then. You know, YouTube's slogan is broadcast yourself. Simple, straight to the point. Since the beginning of that video sharing site, millions of people have done just that. When it comes to social media, more and more, there's no such thing as TMI. But regardless of how social media evolves, We need to remember what life as a Christian really demands. Let's be eager to acknowledge our struggles. And as a result, truth will triumph. And transformation does happen. And also, grace is our constant comfort. That grace that comes only from God. And we know that forgiveness is our closest friend. Closer than even the friend that is the one we share everything with. And when the final judgment comes, you know, we won't worry about TMI. We won't worry about our life cast because our life has already been cast. As we have been called and cast as people who solely trust in the saving power of Jesus Christ. In his name. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all of our understanding, 
Keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, who is your Lord and Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.